Hello and welcome to the debug log number 41. A human member of the debug crew was not available to record this intro. Please remain calm, the debug log emergency protocol contingency plan alpha has been set into motion. Today the guys talk about one of the funniest games ever, Valve's 2007 classic, Portal. Why was it so funny? What techniques can we as developers learn from Valve in the process of making our games more humorous? Why is my cousin GLaDOS more famous than I am? Never mind, the guys also have time for rapid fire roundup and the epic return of game of the week. Without further ado, the debug log will commence in 3 2 one 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 one. See, you have nothing to say. I'm like reading through this outline. I'm like, you guys are going into like specifics, which sounds interesting, but I'm like, yeah, I can't really reference it. Well, that's your perspective. We always need to, huh? Perspective. We need somebody that's walking into the rooms like, what are you doing with your video games here? What a Latin device. Yeah. What's some kind of magic television box there? Do I just ask them to leave reviews or do I like tell them hey go? You tell them to leave reviews. (laughs) You're listening to the Debug Log, a podcast about game development. I'm Zach Schneider. I'm Andrew Curry. I'm Obino Parra. And I'm Ryan Kilgore. And he forgot his name. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so before... (laughs) There was a big lag. But anyways, so before we get today's episode started, uh, I just wanted to ask you guys to uh, go ahead and and leave a review on iTunes that helps us out, helps us uh, reach more people, and uh, and makes it so that we can uh, bring you a better product when we can reach more people and... I'm just going to keep repeating this over and over again. <laughs> reach more people. We want to reach, reach more people. And if you didn't better, get it, I'm trying to, reach, to people. reach more people. Yeah. Yeah. There's zero foreplay there either. Just like, I want to ask exactly. you right now. First thing. <laughs> Give it to me. Exactly. Right. Butter, butter what have you been doing with your time? <laughs> so I'm glad you guys are laughing uh, because today's episode is about humor. And in, in particular, it's about what makes uh, the Portal franchise so funny. And it, it's one of my favorite games. And uh, pretty much, even though a lot of the, I guess, the jokes I know already, I still laugh when I play through it. Um, so we're going to go through some of the things that uh, I guess they did to integrate uh, humor into their games. And um, I, not not necessarily why we think it's funny, but why we think it was successful. Um, so without further ado, um, one I guess one of the, the main things they are mechanics they use to... Um, to introduce um, comedy into their, their game is they use a lot of the dialogue um, and, and basically some of the more traditional uh, cinematic approaches. So um, like, like when you're watching a movie and you, and they're delivering lines, it, gosh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Andrew, <laughs> rescue me. <laughs> actually, actually for, quick, really quick, just to clarify, this episode's about like, um, you know, how comedy, how portal use comedy, successfully because i guess the i guess the trend is that a lot of games don't really utilize comedy or are scared to utilize comedy because it's such a hard i guess thing it's, to pull yeah, off. it's such a hard thing yeah. to pull yeah. off yeah 
So this is like highlighting. And Portal is like considered one of the funniest games by most everybody who plays it. And they did it so well. And they did it so well. And the point of this, they did it so well in a bunch of different ways from the writing to just the mechanics to just the, the world. So instead of this is we, we talked about doing a humor episode and that became too big, but we thought it would be cool to analyze what we thought was one of our best favorite games, one of Zach's favorite games, just so we can kind of talk about those mechanics and those methods through the lens. So we don't lecture you guys about what's funny for an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Webster's defines comedy as. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think what you're saying about that with the dialogue, Zach, that that's the thing that immediately, I mean, uh, we talked about the FPS, the half-life because this all comes from valve. And again, we mentioned that uh, portal was a, student project right ryan you said that and they yeah. got purchased by valve and then they kind of changed it yeah, into a it was full some, game yeah some people so, over at uh I, forget, I think it's called digipin i, I forget oh, yeah, the name yeah. of nintendo's sort of game school and it was originally called nabarcular drop and it just played with that mechanic of firing portals onto surfaces and being able to pass between them and like you know avoiding traps traversing areas that type of thing yeah and valve eventually picked up uh i think most, if not all, of that team, and you know, said, "Here you go, start working on Portal." You know, so that's right. Portal One was the like came from that, and then you had because at, at Valve they had the guy Eric Walpole who wrote most of it, and he had another guy, uh, Chet something was his name, but their guy was considered the main writer of Portal, and what they did because you had a game that was just mechanically interesting, but like Zach said, with the traditional cinematic approach to comedy, where it's like, well, you do cutscenes, you do. Uh, a movie elements, you know, just plot wise that they introduced a style of writing that was so ingenious in Portal because it starts off as this game's like, oh, this is like a puzzle game. It's like a simple, straight, clear cut puzzle game. And you have GLaDOS, who's this character we'll get to in a little bit, talk to you. But as it keeps going, you're like, she's kind of nuts, <laughs> I think. Mm-hmm. It's just so subtle how they start introducing that. So, yeah, yeah, question. It, hang on, before we get into all this, just uh, just a warning: this this might spoil the game. Nah, well, it's been, yeah. I don't know how many years at this point. Well, so I know, but go uh, go play it. How many of us haven't and played go play it? it. That's, I'm, that's, yeah, I definitely haven't played it, which is gonna. I guess give some background. It won't ruin it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because actually, I need some background if you guys are going to dive so deeply into the game. Uh, you know, just some background. Is it like a first person? Yes. Okay. First person perspective. Yeah, and you're basically your only device, uh, especially in the first portal, is your portal gun. That's basically the only tool you have in the game, and using that and creating, uh, you know, just basically portals between surfaces, you have to solve a series of puzzles. So like, you know, it could be just like, oh, I shoot one on the floor and then I shoot one on the the ledge I want to go to. So I just fall through the floor and then come out on the ledge. So you're basically, you know, bending space to like, you know, get to another location or or to accomplish a goal. You may also drop objects through it to accomplish something. Um, But, you know, Portal 1. The power of moon rocks. Yes, through the power of Moon Rocks, you can do all of this. And, I mean, it's basically a, a series of puzzles <coughs> strung together, like Andrew was saying, by this, like, clever dialogue by Gladys, you know, because it would be a very dry thing otherwise. You know, you're just like, okay, go solve this puzzle in this white barren test chamber. It's like, well, this is cool. It's intellectual, but it's not, you know, there's needed to be something else a little fun. And I think, you know, yeah. her dialogue sort of stitched that together and gave it that, like, veneer. And how it does it, Ovina, it's very subtle, too, because it – it starts and it's just like test subject move into the you play shell i guess you don't see your character but it's a yeah. woman named shell you can and, see her if you look through your portals though oh yeah in the mirror yeah 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 that. and um so th- you're just in this place and you just 
it's it goes into that meta commentary in games. You're like, I'm just in a game, so I'm playing this. I'm not even thinking about the story of this, you know? And so you're playing it, and it's like, please move forward to the test area. And then go, please complete this puzzle. Like, here's your portal. And you get one portal, like I said, then you get to be able to two. And it it's an ingenious thing. We could do a whole another episode, just the game design of this, how it teaches you the mechanics and all the different variations of the mechanics and using physics and using momentum and all these other things in that. But as you start doing the first, you know, handful of four to five and up into the 10 puzzles, she starts, if you do something a little bit different or as you get it, she starts getting snippy with you very subtly in weird ways. Like we will please advise that the test subjects will not stand on the line when we tell you not to like, it's like, what is going on? And slowly the, the, I mean, spoiler alert, we won't tell you the end yet, but slowly you just start to realize that the AI is kind of this rampant AI. Gotcha. And insane and kind of trapped you in this whole thing. Nobody's controlling it. This is this kind of crazy AI gun crazy. And so it gets crazier from there. And we can go into that later. But Next you, no, so I was saying this, that, I'm sorry. That, that actually brings up a good question. <laughs> it brings up a good question because you guys are talking about like the traditional or cinematic approach to, you know, how com- comedies have been delivered through games. But like my question was like, um, you know, is is it? Is Portal so such a success in, in the way they deliver their dialogue because of, you know, that cinematic that or that lore or, you know, story they built around the game as they were delivering these maybe comedic moments? Or is it did they even take an approach of like having some in-depth lore or in-depth, you know, storyline or is it just through Act- gameplay and. Actually, it's really just through gameplay. There's there's no like lore or really background to anything. Like Andrew was saying, you wake up as a, a test bit. subject. There's Aperture no history and stuff. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it, over the series, it's you learn unveils that a few yeah, yeah. things. Yeah. yeah, you learn you learn things that are sort of peripheral to what you're doing, and maybe a little bit of history. But I mean, that comes in like the sequel more than even the first one. So it's it's a pretty bare thing. So they really mostly just like leaned on sort of the dialogue and the humor and that and the gameplay and then the story. I mean, it's not even so much of a story as, like, an agenda, maybe, which, I mean, that is sort of a story, but, you know, it's like... There's the context. Like, again, the there's context no real is inferred. Yeah, it's a context. Through it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's subtly inferred as you go through the things, and that's what makes it such a masterpiece in writing, because you could have just had this puzzle game, and it have been interesting, just as mechanically satisfying yeah. and cool. It could have just been a plain... But they added this thing where, you know, I mean, we will just spoil this whole thing. They added this thing where you're learning in this whole puzzle scenario. And then med- midway through, what happens is you find, as you're just going through a regular puzzle, you see like a panel on one of the puzzles broken. And you get inside of there. And it's like a crazy person has been living inside this panel. <laughs> and it says the cake is a lie, cake is a lie. Because they keep promising you cake the entire time. You'll, you will get cake. <laughs> when you feel like yeah and, or, and so, or there's and a so, party at the end of the hallway and they, they'll shoot confetti at you but there's no cake right and what, yeah. what this person wrote in there is the cake is a lie the cake is a lie you're like what is going on here and so you start to feel like something you know subversive is happening and as you go through it you realize it's a rampant ai and finally what happens is you break out of that and you're in the kind of subsystems of the building trying to get up to the surface and you're using all the skills you you got taught in the puzzles to traverse the environment, which is ingenious. And then at the end, there's a final showdown with Gladys, and you're using the skills you learned there that she taught you to beat her. 
So it's pretty, it's, it's ingenious because it's, it, it's, it's a two sided, two part game. And the, the story, it, it's, it's the first game you never realize had a story till halfway through. And you're like, oh, wait a second. This is way more interesting than I thought it was. So, yeah. yeah. So at first you kind of think it's like, okay, these little, little quips per, per, uh, testing zone or testing room. And then you kind of get this, okay, wait, this is going somewhere. And you get this overarching story, um, which is, I mean, it, when I first started playing it uh, after my, cause I, my professor had, had recommended it to me in school he said, Oh yeah, no, this is one of the best games I've ever played. You should play it. I was like, all right. Um, but I was really disappointed in the first like 10 minutes. I was like, well, this is kind of stupid. I'm like, so yeah, I get to shoot this, this gun. But then as I start playing and the story emerges and, and you get to shoot more than one portal, you're like, okay, wait a second. This is awesome. And it really just expands from there. And I think one of the, I guess, one of the key things that really drives home, I guess, because we, we've kind of gotten a, a little far away from the humor aspect of it. But one of the the, of the key things that they do with with delivering this dialogue is have very, very good timing. Yeah, um, she just fucks with you the entire time. Right. right. So uh, a specific example is is you're basically given this cube and it's your companion cube. It's, it's literally an inanimate cube that has a heart on it. And you're supposed to get this through this test chamber alive. And so you get it all the way to the end and then she just fizzles it, meaning like she disintegrates it. And she goes, oops, sorry, guess you got to do it over again. <laughs> you're like, oh, that piece of crap. You know, you get real angry at it, but then you're like, okay, let me go do it again. And then she does it again. You know, and so it, this this delivery of this almost frustration, but like the, the absurdity of the situation is, okay, you're just being toyed around with this, with this giant AI. And if it sounds like this is like grandpa speak now too, because like this... A lot of games have this sardonic tone now, but at that time in 2008, 2007, this is the first time ever I came across something this with this strong of a personality and this like in your face and meta about it. And so that's why I was blown away. I think a lot of games now, people, maybe kids now that haven't played this, but they played other games recently. Well, yeah, it's just like every game, but they, they, this is the predecessor to those games. Right. <clears throat> And um, I, I guess another another tool they they use is is repetition. So, th- so they'll not just repeat jokes, but they'll repeat themes. So, for instance, uh, the cake is a theme that you you see a lot. And then also, I think in, in Portal Two, uh, Gladys calls you fat a lot. So <laughs> she just keeps calling you fat. You're like, I'm not fat. What are you talking about? I'm like, if you look through at yourself through a portal, you're normal size. But she goes, oh, well, you know, most people, when they're put into hypersleep, uh, lose a lot of weight. But you managed to pack it on. And she just keeps, and she keeps like keeps maybe stabbing you at you. Made that jump if you lost a few. Yeah, it's just yeah. very subtle things. Um, but they, they do a good job of not over-repeating themselves. So Yeah, yeah I mean, no, you're right. Actually, the, the repetition with that cake was really well done because it just starts off as a sort of like weird, like, huh, that's kind of funny. I get a piece like, of cake whatever. just for yeah. doing all this shit. Yeah, it's like, I'm not getting paid. I just get paid in cake. That's kind of funny. And then, you know, like you said, as it progresses, you know, she keeps kind of taunting you with the cake. And then you find out the cake is a lie. So now it's almost this running joke. You're like, oh, my God, I'm not getting cake. I need to get out of here. You know, it's just like now you have to escape because you're not getting cake, which seems sort of like meaningless up front. But it's not just the cake well, you're running away from. You know, and, and that's a good like tip for as we, you know, transition all these into being helpful for developers, us all making games mm-hmm. is that. Is that you can actually what they're doing there is interesting because they're they're introducing something innocuous as right. a premise, 
that but the repetition and going into it it's creating its own inside joke as the player because you're with these games for six seven hour you know or more so if you keep an <laughs> if you keep a running gag as they call it going over a while you're like oh my god this is so stupid like you can create inside jokes that on the surface out of context they mean nothing like we mentioned cake to you and you're like what but if you play it and you're in that world and they keep talking about like what is the deal with this cake it becomes something yeah. that's it, it, you can create humor and comedy where there was none or there shouldn't be any you know or or Actually, even associate that with with other games so for instance if we if i were to go up to somebody who's played portal before and go the cake is a lie they'll know exactly what i'm talking about right right yeah. it's an inside joke between players Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> I get that part. Uh, so it's actually, um, you had me curious after the talk about like repetition and, and timing. And I mean, these all sound like devices that, you know, every homegrown comedian would use is like, you know, timing of a joke and repetition of certain phrases throughout maybe their whole skit or set, you know, is eventually what makes the joke funny. And I wonder is, is how like similar is, you know, between these two mediums where there's interactive media being the game versus, you know, maybe a stand-up comedian or, you know, Dave Chappelle or something like that. Again, this was maybe a little too U.S.-centric. But, you know, just like the different – is there a big difference in how, you know, you should approach making a comedic game? Or is there there more to it that Portal did to really leverage being in that space, I guess? Um, well, I think I, they did sort of a classic thing, which is like you said, what all comedians do. It's like, I think there's a certain fundamentals of comedy that, I mean, it's not like, I, sh- I don't want to say fundamentals, like it's like a formulaic thing, but like you said, there's definitely a sort of like timing, storytelling, repetition, and sort of knowing your audience and how to present things to them and when. You mm-hmm. know, that that's a big part of comedy. Like, you know, there's been other games out that were kind of <laughs> funny, like say, I, I referenced, I think in some of the notes, Conker's Bad Fur Day. That wasn't more. That wasn't as clever though as like say something like Portal, where you know conquers. It's like, oh, I'm fighting a big pile of shit with corn in it, and how do I fight it? I throw <laughs> toilet paper in its mouth. You know, it's like that's funny, but that requires no real thought or timing. It's just like, poops, funny. You know, okay, well, good, and, move on. And what they do in what they do in Portal is too is they what we talked about this today with Zach and Eduardo and I. Even though Dwarf's not in this episode, he's got a headache. So I gave him a headache. But we <laughs> talked about we talked about how you know the the main fundamentals. Like I always said, horror and comedy have one thing in common: it's they they require surprise. They're both the same. They're about seeing the unexpected. One terrifies you. One is so novel that it makes you laugh, and and it connects synapses in your brain to things that shouldn't absurdities that shouldn't be connected. You're like, oh my goodness, that's true, you know. And so what they do such a good job is is it's messing with your expectation of what a game is and what you're doing and what to, what is expected of you in the game mm-hmm. and then what your reward is going to be and that doesn't happen and then she keeps putting that carrot on a stick, you know? So it's like, it's a dialogue. It's the same way a comedian would like just fuck with somebody in the crowd, you know? And your way of yeah. answering her back is actually just perform, you know, moving in the game space and performing the mechanics and stuff. So she's like, hey, get this thing. And then she messes, messes with you. You're like, oh, man, what the? And you can't do anything but keep moving forward to try to. So they do that same thing. They're fucking with you at, at every moment. So it is the same sort of thing like that. It's a dialogue back and forth. Um, yeah, and it also, also kind of relies. Oh, uh, sorry. Go ahead, Zach. Um, so uh, Obina was asking about the uh, about how it's different for uh, comedians and how it's different for uh, for games and that comedians can more often than not control the timing of their, um, of their jokes and games have, it have problems with that, especially interactive, um, in, at an interactive moments. So not in cutscene things, they have issues with, right. with controlling the timing. So what you see at what, what time? Yeah, exactly. So, 
um, it, it gets there's a, that little bit of gray space when you're doing it in a game. Um, and games, I guess, um, they they use other tactics to to create humor other than than I guess audio recordings, dialogue, and, and cutscenes. Um, but again, this is one of the easiest ways to deliver uh, to deliver. Well, and what this one does too is that they don't. Some of that humor, the humor is never delivered during the interactive portions of those levels. But not necessarily. I mean, it can be triggered by things that happen, I guess, yeah. Yeah, but what I'm saying is it's very, they know exactly, because usually when she's giving you shit, it's when you finish the thing and finish the level and you're going into the next level. So they can control where you're getting that and they can make you a captive audience in that moment. It's like the, we talked about like with with the the Half-Life started it. It's like, how do you, present cutscenes to a player in a game that doesn't have cutscenes, they're just scripted events. And then Half-Life did this and Bioshock did this where it's like, you're trapped in this room with a you know a window and you can look what's happening in the next window, right? So they right. kind of do the thing where you're kind of loading into the next puzzle and they're controlling you and then they deliver that stuff. So they don't that's a smart way of inserting just enough humor in there and not overdoing it, you know. Right. Um yeah, so uh, you want you have something else? Oh, yeah, just one more quick thing, I guess, about the stand-up versus, like, you know, sort of what they did in Portal is, you know, is a, 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 both rely or both can, I guess, exercise shared experience or shared context. You know, like a lot of good comedians, they know what most people have experienced and how to sort of twist that. And with, you know, a game, it's like, and especially something like Portal, you and Gladys are going through this together, so, you know, you're both experiencing it, and she knows how to, she knows what you're sort of doing so she can kind of twist it or riff it, you know what I mean? So I think that's another strong point for that type of humor in that right. game. <clears throat> right. So I think I think we've covered the, the, the dialogue portion. The writing, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there, there's other, I guess, we can call them mechanics, um, but there, there's other features within the game that that players uh, find funny, and it, it's funny because they're they're also a lot of the same features that make the game fun. Um, so they have like intentional mechanics. For instance, uh, your portal gun. The way that portal gun interacts with the world can be absolutely. You you can combine the. I guess different elements in the in the world, like uh, your companion cube or turrets or things like this. And by using your gun a certain way, you produce this extremely absurd uh, effect, which uh, which really elicits that kind of that humor response. Um, you guys have any uh, specific examples? Well, we talked about that today. How like that? How when <laughs> it gets really kind of dark and deep when you start trying to break down humor, what actually comedy in games is. But if you think about it, this is what we're saying that just playing a game and having that joy and having that novel experience, you're like, ah, that's awesome. You know, that's humor in the game too. That's a fun experience. You can't have, <laughs> you're like, what? Uh, you can't have funny without fun, right, guys? <laughs> but laugh track. But so, like, like you said, like, just with the does this has nothing to do with Ryan, with the writing, with Ryan, with the writing, like Zach said, it has to do with with just the mechanics they put forward. And with the mechanics, you can make these crazy things like this game where you can make the turret fly across the room and shoot itself and shoot it. Like, it's out of context, Rubina. It might not sound zebra, but when you're playing the game and you're trying to solve this puzzle and you solve it in the most ridiculous way, you're like, that's awesome. That's 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 a neat thing when the mechanics can create a fun moment. Right. Um, yeah, and when those. Oh, I was gonna say just yeah. When those mechanics combine with a little 
personification too, like all of the the turrets, like you were mentioning. It's like you've got these little machines of death. The minute they see you, they start spitting bullets at you, and yeah. they're out there just to purely kill. It's like, and then they're locked on you. You're gonna shoot. But it, they're they almost sound sad too when you like knock them over. Like, yeah, like my purpose is yeah. So yeah, we should you know, mention I the way do it. the way you kill the turret is by knocking it over, and that's just or sad. or destroying it, and it'll yeah. it'll fall over, and go, or it'll be like yeah, it'll Sorry. just shut down. It'll be like oh, right. um, but so you, I guess another a specific example of this this mechanic would be like when you're using your portal gun. Uh, I think to solve one of the puzzles, you have to basically put yourself in an infinite loop. So you basically yeah. you shoot a, a portal up at the ceiling, you shoot a portal down at the ground, and then you fall through the one on the ground, come out of the one on the ceiling, keep going in circles, and then shoot your, la- your I guess the um, one of the portals out, so you'll fly out, and you have to make sure you shoot the one that was in the ceiling. Um, but like just that interaction alone, like if you discover it before you're actually supposed to discover it, it's just this crazy moment where you're like, holy crap, I, I didn't know you could actually do this. This is awesome. Right. Yeah. And I think some additional humor in that is almost sort of the Looney Tunes, Wiley e. Coyote, right. Acme explosives right. type of stuff where it's just so over the top, ridiculous, a solution to maybe accomplish something like spanning a gap. I mean, it's a very clever sort of physics thing, but at the same time it is just like, a, oh wait, I've got to like accelerate myself to like, you know, this ridiculous speed by falling through portals and then launch out. It's like, yeah, that's what Wally Coyote does to the Roadrunner, essentially. <laughs> right, and not to mention, like, the very, I guess, this kind of goes in the next, like, the comedy sandbox kind of area. So, right. like, where where this, um, this, this mechanic allows for unexpected results, right? Right, because so, you can, yeah, because by breaking the rules in unexpected ways, so, like, it does two things. One, it actually helped in the game design point of it. Every time you solve a puzzle in Portal, one, you feel like a genius. You're like, oh my god, I'm a fucking genius. I just figured this thing out. And of course, that's the way that you're supposed to, they've already figured it out. That's how they put it there. It's not, you're not, but it's because it's, like, again, I said, it's it's a comedy game because it's all about that expectation and the reward and what, and whether they need like defer the reward or give it to you or not, and and so you go into this world thinking rules and how you played other games in a meta sense, you you have a sense of that reality. But when you go into this, and you're like, wait, I can do an infinite loop and then launch myself and do all this stuff. That becomes this crazy comedic moment where you're flying through the air, scared out of your mind. But then you get across and you solve the puzzle. So it's such a weird thing. How it's the only game that's been such an impressive experience because it combines. It's weird to talk about it. It is a it's a, it's a comedic experience because it you just feel elated and you think it's such in a hilarious way what happened. If you get to watch like a playback of what you just did, it's it's incredible and hilarious. So it's yeah. it's like it's that expectation thing was the big factor in there. I think and like like Andrew said, they've already solved these puzzles. So a lot of times it, it gives this this sense to the player that they've solved this puzzle, thinking I I've just broke the rules to solve this puzzle. This is awesome, you know. But really, they've already solved it. They know you can do all that. So they're kind of guiding you into breaking the rules without you un- knowing it's happening. Yeah. Um, so, Ooh. yeah. Um, what else? So, uh, basically, uh, crap, I lost my space. Lost your space. Oh, no. Oh, no. Got a van. Oh, no. What are you going to do, Zach? Thanks for the filler. Thanks for the filler. So, I guess it, they do a very good job of uh, of constructing situations in which the player feels like they've, um, I guess, 
broken the mold or broken the rules of, of the game to complete it. And you that feel that sense of, of, of satisfaction and the, I guess the absurd result you get uh, for doing that random action is, is what really makes it funny. Right. right. Um, but I, I guess, so if we've talked about this, uh, the dialogue and we've talked about, I guess the mechanics that, that make portal funny, but I think, the the number one and and the thing that sticks with most people is is the characters in Portal and not just what they say but their their design as well. Um, so a, a very uh, a good example of this is um, in, in Portal Two you have Wheatley who's this just little stupid ball and I say stupid because he's actually you'll find out later in the game he's actually designed to be stupid. Uh, he's designed to make be added to Gladys to make her, I guess, dumb. Um, and then there's also a whole bunch of other little, I guess, balls that have a different emotion. But um, I guess the the emotion funny balls, yeah, emotion balls. <laughs> uh, we all have them. Uh, <laughs> oh. Um. Anyways, so I guess uh, the Wheatley is not just funny because of what he says, but because He's literally just the sphere with two bars that are, I, I guess, on the top and the bottom that he uses to ride on rails, right? So it's not actually any kind of human face or any kind of human characteristics, but they manage to give it this, this, I guess, human feel and human, human emotions by just uh, squinting the little like reticle that is his eye in the center or just moving his little uh, sway bars into like different orientations. So you get this really human human characteristics from something that is fundamentally not human like and that yeah. that can be absurd in its own way yeah, yeah cuz a lot of emotion is through the eyes and i mean mm-hmm. yeah you're right it's like you know through that manipulation of those simple structures it's just like you've got kind of an eye there like you know conveying like suspicion or surprise or you know not necessarily him but love or something like that so um yeah they they did a fantastic job with sort of the simple mechanics of that conveying those um emotion balls and it also goes into the emotion ball it also goes into the trademark also what we're saying that if, if there's stuff and you could learn from this and use in your own games is that this this is considered like one of the funniest games but they're not over trying in all areas right they give you little bits of dialogue from glados when it's appropriate and then they shut up and it's just the game and then like in portal 2 they're not doing all this stuff it's like it's a serious environment some of the stuff has happens it's funny but the way they're conveying uh, the, the mechanically, the way they're conveying the comedy is just very simple. It's just this one character that's following you around talking or talking to you, right? So that's very easy and easy in a sense. But what it does, it, it like transcends all that stuff. Like like Zach said, it's stuff that you talk about with people after you played the game, and it's just the character and it's just simple dialogue that you could put in and try to in simple places try to put funny stuff in and I like I, it's funny if you look at the new VR demo that uh, they have in the Vive have you guys seen that at all like the shooting the ball they have like portal there's like a weird slingshot portal ball demo have you seen this I, I hadn't mm-hmm. tried it yet no no but they like play on this idea that all of these AIs have their own personality and you pick up one it's like oh yeah I'm the defiant bot and they keep you talking as you're shooting it and they're ah! it's like so <laughs> It's again. It's like the secret of any story. You know, we talked about we talked about Game of Thrones. Second, it's all it's all character. If you make really strong characters, that that is bang for your buck. You can have a few lines of dialogue here and there, 
and it goes it goes miles because that's all people that's what people remember and that's actually what people kind of connect to as they play the game and and not to mention um like just how i guess how uh like iconic wheatley is but they also take him like each character goes on a journey um throughout the i guess for instance portal 2 this uh, that's where wheatley is but he he goes on a journey through this thing so now he be he's your pathetic partner and then halfway through the game he switches with gladys and he takes over gladys's body and she's now who used to be the super strong ai construct is now attached to a potato and, emotion <laughs> yeah she's emotion so, potato yeah emotion, oh, emotion potato. potato there you go that is that is attached to your portal gun and sitting also there trademark. and <laughs> and she basically if she thinks too hard she shuts herself off um so like the, the, this reversal in roles also kind of like gives you this this great character development and and shows these characters actually growing but still the entire time she's still kind of jabbing at you and going oh well you still are kind of fat and that yeah, that actually, also sh- shows like also like as one as we're wrapping us up the the stuff it's like that's another great lesson <laughs> it's like one of the easiest ways to be funny especially the way that works really funny in games is just pure absurdity the fact that you have this potato attached to your gun that's talking to you <laughs> you know what i mean yeah that plays with and expectations I'm, and it's kind of a funny geek thing too to think if she starts thinking too hard or using too much cpu she's essentially at that point a potato clock like her power is driven by you know <laughs> the, this the dumb little you know processes that generate electricity i, I think the, she actually know, does tell you how much cathode. how much power yeah. she has at her disposal and it's like Oh God! Too much for a potato to supply. You know, it's just it's and she just cool. shorts out. But like that—that's yeah. actually a good example of timing because she'll say something and then short out, and then she won't say anything for about you know five ten minutes until you've completed the next puzzle, and then she kind of comes back online, right? So she kind of like gets out of your way while you're solving puzzles by shutting herself off, which is kind of like absurd in itself. Yeah. Um, oh, man, I tell you, it's. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, as far as like you know, look goes, I like I just wanted to address like the uh, also the uh, the multiplayer in uh, yeah. Portal Two. As far as like you know, you've got Atlas and Peabody, and so you've got a sort of this like taller, elongated bot, and then the sort of short, uh, more stout, like rounded uh, bot that you can play as. And it's like I'm just kind of curious, is like what like how that's such a classic comedy duo. I mean, because you've seen that in, like, Laurel and Hardy, C-3PO and R2-D2. That just seems to work, having this tall, slender man, and then this sort of, like, shorter, stubby man. It's like Stephen Merchant, who actually voiced yeah. Wheatley, and then yeah. Ricky Gervais. You know, it's like yeah. those guys, you know, it's like that just always sort of works, and I don't know why. It's the odd couple thing, yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's also something that I, I noticed, um, I'm kind of ashamed to say, but recently, is that with Atlas, so he's the short, fat one, but he's basically this ball right so he's a globe so like atlas globe you know like maps i was yeah. like holy crap ah! it's super, oh, it's super subtle but i'm like <laughs> oh it's oh, atlas crap. it's atlas holding up the world yeah that's what it's based on yeah oh that yeah. too yeah so did you like just like curl up on the floor for a second oh brain <laughs> mind fuck <laughs> mind I what? without Andrew, no reason <laughs> mind fuck <laughs> you don't finish the word because you're you lose speech capability oh yeah <laughs> yeah so that was good i i, I think the, the lessons in this one is that i get like i said again it's like it's one of the funniest games or considered one of the funniest games we've enjoyed it but they're, the ways they're funny, if you're trying to think, like, I want to make a funny game, I want to do things. A lot of the, the problems I see with some indie games are the stuff where there's like, we're going to be funny, 
and they totally overdo it. I mean, like it's just too much stuff. It's like, okay, I get it. Well, I get it. Yeah. So like they'll throw a hundred different jokes at you. You're like, okay, right. well, you know, a hundred jokes aren't as funny as one very well delivered joke. So you really have to like think them out and, and work on your timing in particular, unless you have a game that is, I guess in itself or it's by using the mechanics yeah. is about being stupid. Yeah. And then that can be, I wonder your, if it's, if the, the real success rate is just being funny, you know? Yeah. Well, that's a, that's the hard <laughs> thing. We, well, that's the hard thing we had when we were talking about doing a bigger humor episode, because it's not a, there's no formula. It's like, you can't yeah. teach a good writer to be a good writer. You can teach them structure, but if they're funny, they're funny. And so, but all we can talk to people about is just, if they want to try, don't, it's just like in the game and maybe there's ways they would do it. But I just like, the only thing you can do is as a developer is analyze these other games and say, look what they did. And it's so elegant and simple. I don't have to go for broke. I can just try to like make a difference where it counts. You know? Yeah. This is probably definitely a situation too, where, I try to bounce this shit off of people as much as you can. If you're going for humor, get yeah. fresh eyes, fresh <laughs> eyes and ears all the time. Because you know you may think something's funny in your head, and like 90 percent of other people are like that's the dumbest shit ever. And like, or you know maybe it is funny, but you've just been like developing it and like creating it for so long. It's like it's just sort of numbed you to it. So yeah, I would definitely say this humor is something to be tested by new. Ears, and, eyes, whatever, and, and as often as possible, and multiple people. What some people don't yeah. realize is all the humor that you guys consume in movies and TV and stuff, especially comedy. It's always like somebody will write it, but then it's punched up by like ten other writers, which means they write yeah. replacement jokes, and they're like, "Oh, that's not funny. How about we say this? Well, how about we say this?" So I, there's not there. That's a myth of just some lone guy in a room writing the funniest thing in the world. Usually, a bunch of people get together and really collaborate. On yeah. different things. Yeah, TV series. That's yeah. a great thing you bring up. Like, you know, like Breaking Bad. That wasn't like just one writer. Like Vince Gilligan didn't do that all on his own. There was a whole right. team of writers chipping in on that. Even and building Dave Chappelle's show. Yeah, yeah they, have writers. they have writers. Yeah, they all have art and, writers. And, Absolutely. I think, yeah. And I think that's a myth. And I, I, for one, I misunderstood that. There's like the myth of this lone genius in a room. It's like, no, they have a lot of people that help them write <laughs> these things. Unless, of you course, know. you're in a room with me. Then. Well, okay. Right. <laughs> and, and, and we're anyway, all just like, running into walls because the truth is you people have different you know ideas of what funny is so it's good to get the different perspectives so everyone can contribute to you know quote unquote the funny of the game or the funny of the joke so that way you get different Uh, approaches to a yeah um so there's there's one more i guess thing but it's it's not necessarily in uh well i at least i haven't seen it in uh portal but um a good example of, of i guess putting humor into games, but not necessarily putting it there, but if it's already there is like glitches. Um, so I recently uh, saw a meme of, uh, it, it was a, a Skyrim meme and uh, this guy is riding a horse, but he got stuck in T pose because of a glitch. And so he's literally standing on the saddle straight up. Right. And he's like, like a boss, but this is something that was unintentional and, and just happened because of, I guess, systems that are, are, are talking to each other and, and, um, uh, simulations are, are are interacting with each other, and this just happened. But it, because of its sheer absurdity and how how outside the norm it is, it's it's super funny to people. Yeah, and that type of stuff, it, it really is funny. But that's more of just sort of like the at like extra ad funny. It's like oh. You know, that just kind of happened and wasn't intended. Um, like, it's like, 
uh, what was it? Uh, Red Dead Redemption, like the horse getting on the like the little flying machine and going off. It's like, yeah, that stuff. That stuff's really funny. It's just, I guess, never depend on that because you're depending on glitches. But it's an extra add of fun. Yeah, and we, if we do this too, like we said, we had a bigger humor topic, and we just broke it down to Portal. We might hit other games that have more glitch stuff and weird mechanics stuff involved in it later on. You could talk there about GTA and Saints Row and all right. those games. Lord, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so I think that that ends our our topic on what makes Portal the Portal series so funny, at least to us and to a lot of other people who think it's funny. Um, so I think we're going to take a short break here, and then we're going to come back and we're going to go over some uh, recent event and news uh, articles. We're back, and it's time for Rapid Fire Roundup. Uh, you know, we usually do these episodes, and now we're going to start doing this as part of the show. I think maybe we're going to try it, but we're going to go over some stories from this week. One of the first stories is something I saw, and then you sent it around, Ryan, and it's a game we've talked about, Firewatch. And, of course, they have on the Firewatch team at Campo Santo, they have the awesome one of a person I love, the Ollie Moss, who's a great graphic designer. I have a couple actual limited edition prints of Groot and Rocket Raccoon that I bought from him Humble when he... Yeah, well, he has not even really <laughs> humble. Well, not, well, he, well, he has stuff that, like, yeah, it is a brag because he; those are things he puts on a limited. It's like, if you're on for an hour, you can buy it. But he has the, you know, the Star Wars posters, which I love that he did way oh, back and made him famous. Those are like go on eBay; they're like a thousand dollars. So when we get rich, we're gonna buy. I love all his stuff. Check it out. He has an awesome Evil Dead poster that's amazing. Anyway. Ah. Because <laughs> I remember with one of my friends was like, "What if we got Holly Moss to work in a video game with us?" And of course, these guys did the Out of Thumbs guys did. But so, of course, he, the Firewatch is beautiful, and he made awesome marketing uh, promotions for it and marketing artwork for it. But somebody thought it was really good too, didn't they, Ryan? <laughs> oh yeah, apparently Ford. And the Ford Focus campaign thought it would be really awesome to use that as their little, uh, I guess, what was it, like an ad for, oh, Freedom is the Ford Focus. And in the background, <laughs> they just straight up ripped off this artwork from Firewatch. And it's it's pretty damned blatant. And it's just kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm waiting on the lawsuits to fly. And it, they really should. Well, they and just to be clear, this was, uh, this was a local um, yeah, it's like Quirk uh, Ford. dealership, it's not the right? Ford like so it was a Ford in general, corporate. yeah. Sorry, yeah. But yeah, but it sounds like still, uh, it sounds like update. Like I guess updated on that article, they were like, uh, you know, they reached out to the Campos Santos uh, team on Twitter and were like, uh, you know, it's all good. And they were like, oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot what was the, uh, Sean Van was it Vanneman? Sean Vanneman, yeah, he's yeah, the writer he, of those games and The Walking Dead and stuff. Yeah, yeah, he was like replied to him. He was like, okay, well, as long as you give us like four point or Mustang loaners when we come to. Yeah, yeah, when we come to Boston for PAX season, that was kind of funny. But yeah, it sounds like well, it's... But that's kind of still shitty, though, because, I mean, if they had paid an ad firm, you know how much they would have... Ad firms charge oh, yeah. corporate that's clients? That's true, yeah. It's... They would have charged... They would have... Caught, they would have... For a campaign with that kind of look, they would have, like, charged them, like, $500,000. Mm-hmm. Easily. Easily. Yeah. I would have, you know, they should have, they should, they should have gone one past that, like loners. They should be like, yeah, you give us each a Mustang or something yeah, of our choice yeah. from Ford, like to a degree, not not, not like the Ford, uh, what is it, like yeah, the Shelby five hundred yeah. or something. But yeah. also ethically, ethically bullshit. Like I even do that in the show. Yeah. I make sure I find like copyright. We don't make any money off putting episodes out, but I still try to find stuff that where I buy stock images to make sure I'm not, or I give credit. 
That's like your right. company. What do you? <laughs> it's like it's. Yeah. I'm, and this is a my, Ford dealership. You can afford that. A Ford. It's my. Gra- is it a dealership or was it the corporate? <laughs> I got. Well, I thought it was a dealership. <laughs> no, it was okay, okay. A, yeah, it was a dealership. Uh, yeah, well, that was some small time guy. Yeah, it's a Ford dealership that can afford it. <laughs> I can. I can. We got it. <laughs> forgive that a little bit. <laughs> did you? Did you get it? Did you get oh, it? Oh my goodness! On right. the humor of the stop. Move, <laughs> On go. to the next story. Uh, have you guys seen this System Shock remake they're talking about? This is Kickstarter that started. Yeah. Yeah, it looks really good. Yes, yeah, in Unity too. I backed which is, it. Yeah, yeah. You already did. What you? What level yeah. did you back it at, Ryan? Uh, I backed it at like <laughs> personal oh, question. I'll admit it. I, I admit it. I backed it at thirty bucks. It got me so a copy and a couple of lectures. Bot. Repair bot. That's I'm a repair level. bot. Yes. Yeah. So you've gone to fifty. Oh, it'd been a humanoid mutant. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I have a preferred just you know knowing my own and you know sticking it. I love how their five dollar level is called Interlooper, which like you don't get anything, but you gain money to this. <laughs> well, you, oh no, you got like I forget you got like some updates and maybe like a uh, concept really art minor wallpaper pack. Concept. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> well, they might. I don't know. Yeah. So this game looks incredible. It's like a gra- again. System Shock was. The progenitor to like, uh, I guess, Irrational Tech doing System Shock 2, which turned into Bioshock, which turned into all those games. Like, if you've ever listened to an audio log in a game, it came from System Shock. You know, rampant AI, just like we talked about with Portal, (laughs) it came from System Shock. So, a lot of storytelling mechanics and uh, design stuff came from that classic game. I've never played it, but I've I've seen it. Which, by the way, some. Some people on an FPS episode uh, who did Deus Ex did that as well. So yeah, yeah, Looking Glass, all this, all those people, yeah. yeah, all those people went off. And so now they're, they're they have twenty eight days to go. They're five fifty of a nine hundred thousand dollar goal. So I think they'll hit it. Oh, especially, man, especially, especially to get the debug log bump. Mm-hmm. That's going to be. You go. <laughs> they'll be overfunded. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll pick Two a couple more guys. <laughs> yeah. We'll pick a couple more stories here. One is um, so apparently GDC is branching off and they're going to have a VR dedicated event. Right. So it's going to uh. be VR. Oh, God. VR. That was a weird reaction. VRDC <laughs> will be in November. Unfortunately, it's right during Unite, too. It's like November 2nd and 3rd. Um, yeah, yeah. kind of bad timing. So is that going to siphon off VR people from Unite? You think? Uh, to a degree, I would think it would. I mean, maybe. I mean, well, I mean, already, anytime you have just one thing and then create another, it's going to siphon off some. But yeah, I already know. saw like one of our past guests, Nicole Lazaro, one of our favorite interviews about the four keys of fun. She, I, I learned about this because she tweeted about it or put it on Facebook, and and so obviously she'll be there. And we met her at Unite last year, so that yeah. sucks that people like and that I, won't be there. And I think people at Unite, that was what they were. Everyone was so excited about is just the VR talks, and that's why I think they Unite really, or was it 2015, really tried to push a lot of VR talks. And right. the fact that they're, and I think that's even why they spurred off their own little VR summit uh, earlier this year. Is like it's it's a hot topic, so everyone's going to be trying to you know clamor to get at those conferences. So the fact that GDC started one, yeah, I think there's going to siphon off a lot of people. There's a lot yeah, of weeks in the year. Over a thousand dollars a pop. Yeah. yeah, no, there's a lot of weeks. Why that? Stop week? being selfish with the weeks. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I got some other. There's other stories in here. We there's the news of a Bioshock collection coming out. There's a there's a story about Jim Brown, the guy you know, the football legend. He he sued EA Sports like four or five years or eight years ago because they used these old players, right? And he got a six hundred thousand dollar settlement <laughs> for just using Damn. his likeness. Which is a weird Worth. issue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> considering what the, all the college basketball games uh, do that, and they get nothing. 
Yeah. Oh, that's a whole nother rant, yeah. but the yeah. NCAA. Yeah. But. Truth, man. Speak it. That's what you're um, I mentioned before in the show, we've talked about Plague before, that game that's an iOS game that's a funny thing. It's like a, it's one of the, God, that guy's a genius here, man. He, did, he wasn't even a programmer. It's a game about just, uh, you create a disease and you try to spread it across the world, but it's been in the top 10 of iOS for the past like eight years. The guy's like a billionaire, I think. But the funny kind of, but the funny, uh, it's a fun game. I have it, but the funny, like, kind of a side note of that game is you get to name your disease. So they run analytics on that because, you know, in the back end, they can see. So as culture or just world events happen, people like will name their disease after pe- figures in the world and stuff. And now with Brexit happening in the UK and Trump, Trump and Brexit are the top named diseases. <laughs> you just name your disease <laughs> Trump or something. So I, I thought that was pretty funny. That, that would be neat to have a game like that where you put cultural information and just get to see the analytics all day. Yeah. So uh, the other thing is machine games, the people that made the Wolfenstein thing. I, we talked about Quake, the Quake Champions last week. Or not last week. In, in our, yeah, we did an E3 episode. The guys that remade Wolfenstein, and it was actually, I love that game, Wolfenstein New Order. You guys play that at all? Yeah, that Everybody? was good. Yeah. yeah. I, I love how they're like, well, we can't really make Quake because we weren't assigned to that project apparently, but we will remake an actual OG Quake level, right? They made like a new that episode. That was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that that brought me back. I actually downloaded it and tried it for a little bit, just like the you know first few minutes of it. And it, I mean, that was like me cranking up old uh, OpenGL Quake again, just like, oh shit, yeah, this is where I started. Yeah, fun. Yeah. So I thought that was good. And so the last story of the night is just a PSA. It's not even a story. And if you don't know, you should know. Is that the Steam Summer Sale is going on right now? It started last week, I think, and then it's going on to July third, which is un-American. The Right. Doesn't go to July fourth, but um, <laughs> okay. Oh, and this goes out to just in a personal note because uh, Eduardo just bought a big old. He just put together. He had a, one of our friends, David Beach at work, put together a huge VR rig with a ten seventy in it. He so he's 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 bought, and then he, he we had to introduce him to games. We made him buy Rocket League. I think somebody made him buy The Witcher. So he's taking advantage oh, of these yeah. sales. So if you. So especially if you haven't been into PC gaming for a while, Steam sales are where it's at. That's where you can find. Dude, and this get, year him I, to, get him to install Doom because that's going to look fantastic on a rig like that. Yeah, we, we watched some Unreal 4 demos on it. It looked pretty neat. Mm-hmm. It's weird this year, the Steam yeah. sale. Have you noticed that they're not doing Flash deals anymore, though? They're just doing – it's just the same deals the entire time, which it's cool, I guess. Yeah. I like. Is there any the new- AR campaign in this either? I don't. Well, they have all that trading card bullshit. They always do. I don't. I don't know what. Well, I get confused well, no, by that. In thing. past ones, they've had that. Yeah, because in past ones, they've had this thing where it's like, you know, the community's trying to solve all this stuff, and if you do, then there's more sales, and or something else gets released early. It doesn't sound like they're doing any of that this year, though. Well, because they used to have flash sales where like every day had feature, like because everything had was off like twenty to fifty percent on the regular, and then every day they had featured things that say. For 48 hours, this game is not only it's 50% off, it's like 70% off. And you'd always wait to get that. And I, that's what made it fun checking every day. And then they would have flash sales where people vote on it, like you said. And they say, well, what do you want to be super cheap? And you're like, I want Skyrim to be $5. And I bought, I think, Skyrim went for $5. You know, so they're not doing that anymore. So I don't think that's any fun. So, all right. That's Rapid Fire Roundup. Those are the stories from this week. Some of them, not all of them. But now it's time for... Uh, 
he was right. ready for it. All right. right. Yeah. What's our game of the week, Zach? Yeah, you shut your mouth. <laughs> yes, sir. Sorry, sir. Zach, what's our game of the week? Oh, sorry. He told me to shut my mouth. Um, it is Overwatch. What is this game? Is like an indie game or something? <laughs> yeah. Um, very few dollars were spent on advertising. Somebody backhand him, please. <laughs> you can't go to any website without this website. Overwatch. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> they have they have ads on like yeah on every channel too. So. I think Ryan's played a little bit more than me. You want to explain a little bit about it, Ryan? Oh yeah, sure. I mean, like Overwatch is essentially sort of an an FPS MOBA. You know, you have a six v six on a map. You've got these sort of like really unique individual characters with their own sort of abilities and skill sets. So you know, take take you know, say six League of Legends characters. Get rid of uh, you know minions and towers and all that stuff, and then kind of put them more in a sort of a TF2 environment with like capture points or payloads and things of that nature. So you're really trying to um, you know create a good team comp for the particular map situation, whether it be payload or control point or attack or defend to you know basically defeat the other team. Um, so, but yeah, it's it's a it's a you know one of the I guess what's starting to be many new entries into the, this sort of MOBA FPS genre because you got other things like Battleborn there as well, which unfortunately they decided to release within like the week that Overwatch. <laughs> poor did, Gearbox, kind of Jesus, just, yeah, yeah, poor, poor Gearbox. Gearbox. I mean, there's probably I haven't even played. Good, Have I you played it? it? But no, okay, but yeah. I mean, and there's, I've talked to some people and they said, yeah, it's pretty fun, but you released within like the same week or so as Blizzard, you know. Sorry, you know, that just wasn't the best strategy. I mean, sorry. You know, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Valley on you there. But uh, so anyway, yeah, that's pretty much the gist of the game. It's, you know, and one of the, I guess, mechanics that kind of differentiates it a little more is, um, you know, a lot of the MOBAs, you know, you pick your team and then that's your team at the beginning of the match. Overwatch allows you to actually have dupes of characters during the match as well as switch out on the fly. Uh, during the match so it's a very interesting thing if you find your comps not working somebody die a few people die one person dies they can like switch to like okay maybe i'll try being support we lack support or like i just can't seem to bust through uh, as this character maybe i'll try this character who's more of just a disruptor you know it's um so it's it's got a lot of interesting mechanics and um you know i'd definitely say play it uh, i prefer to play it on pc just because i'm a big fps guy i play it with zach on the console I just get frustrated as shit sometimes <laughs> because of the gaming, but yeah, the number um, of times we've been cursing at our Xboxes. Oh yeah, it's, it's definitely been a. It's quite a, a lot of not not that me. it's not fun. It's just it, it, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. No, it's actually super fun because we keep playing. But what what's weird where it did that because like you're talking about FPS. There's been this big kind of rush of MOBAs became the big gold rush, and then you're like, hell, FPSs are also the big gold rush. What if we combine them? And I thought of that. We all thought of like that would be a cool game. And it's weird how like different people have incorporated because you said like Battleborn, like they have the minions, they have the towers and stuff the same way. But this mm-hmm. is different. It's like basically the only thing from MOBAs they're taking are the heroes and like their skill set, basically, right? So it's yeah. I mean, so it's like it's like Team Fortress FES, but then people have specials and they have ultimates, you know, just like at League of Legends or anything. But I, but, but yeah, what I, th- go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, and, and yeah, to your point, I think that is a very smart thing they did. They weren't just trying to like say shoehorn in, uh, like, oh, well, mobas are cool. It's FPS mobas in a certain way. And again, I hadn't played Battleborn. Maybe the sort of minions type of thing works, but um, you know, they just kind of stripped out it to its essence. It's like you know, 
we're Blizzard. We can do lore. We can do heroes. So let's like really focus on these unique heroes and their abilities. Um, and then let's just kind of get it to its essence, which are you know like control points, payload, attack map type of stuff. So and wh- and what I think is so cool about this game because I mean the, the story with Mobas and and Riot and I mean I guess Valve tries, but Riot is really kind of at like vocal about uh kind of fighting the toxic environments where the you know these these oh, right. games can be and they try to do stuff and ban people and all these other things and have these encouragement stuff and they give you points for encouraging players in league. Don't they do that, Obina? Like if you oh, yeah, props like to you people. honor you can honor people or something like yeah. that or friendly or something like that. And and so I like this because they've they've kind of picked up on that same kind of idea and they say well, first of all, when you're picking a player, because when you're in a MOBA, you have all these these uh, characters, and you're like, this is overwhelming, and you have support, and you have defense, and you have ta- you know, you have attack and all these things. So I don't know what I need to do. What is this? But they all actually show you what the team needs, which is pretty yes. cool. They're like, the team needs a you know tank, which you'd always probably need, you know, or they needs an attack or something. You're like, oh, that's right. It's kind of moot point because then you go into it and you can change the character, so the composition is well, not no, as no, important. But no, I think you're right. I think it's good because as a new player, you can you can see that and be like, oh, we need something. And then with that, they just also try do a very it, yeah. smart thing. Yeah, well, just try it. But then they also categorize and show you that categorization of their uh, heroes. So, you know, you've got four categories. You've got like attack, defense, support, and tank, I guess. Um, I may be getting those a little wrong, and I'm sorry. But um, it's so unlike a lot of MOBAs where you've just kind of... I mean, it's inferred by their stats a lot of the time, I think. They're very explicit. Like, you look at your menu when you're choosing a hero, and it's like, these guys up here, like, these six, uh, these guys are attackers. Oh, yeah. And they then group these it here, by that, yeah. defenders. Yeah, they, so they group them up that way. So if you see, like you said, that little informational pitch of, hey, we need this, you can just look at that subset of, like, six or seven or whatever it is and say, like, oh, well, maybe I should pick one of these guys. And then, like you said, then you can just jump in and try it, and you feel like you might be contributing because somebody's told you there was a need for what you're doing. Right. So. And, the, and, the, and so they do that at the beginning of the game, and then so you play the game, but also through it, and I guess, like you said, the, the being able to change throughout it actually encourages experimentation, which helps new players too. Yeah. But but then you also, at the end of the game, they do like a play of the game, but it's not necessarily like, it's been all over the place. I've had the play of the game before and it was just a fun kind of yeah. thing that happened. That, 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 that has some criticism. That. Yeah, some <laughs> of that stuff. We'll get back to that. Like, I like the idea yeah. of that, but so we'll, yes, we'll skip yes. that for a second. <laughs> They'll patch that maybe, hopefully. But then they at the end of the game, instead of showing straight up stats... And you have like stat whores, Zach, which actually say, <laughs> like, how many kills did I get or whatever? It's not a, if it's a team thing and it's an objective, it's not about the kills. So instead of actually showing you stats where people can do any of that bragging, they'll pick four players across a wide variety of stats. And this is which I think this part of the game, which I think is the best part of the multiplayer encouraging yeah, part I of like this, this, is that they don't like. They'll, they'll pick two defensive players. When you defend, you know, obviously in these games, when you pick a defense player support, a healer, you're like, yeah, I'm not going to get any of the credit. I'm like the bass player in this band. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to get any of yeah. the girls, any of this stuff. But you, nope. yeah, but you, yeah, but you do this and like, you heal 30 people in a row. That was amazing. You're like, oh, cool. Like, and people can vote. So it, it, it doesn't really, it doesn't actually reward the most aggressive players and even the best players. It rewards the people who worked best as a team sometimes. That's what, that's at least what it's trying to do, which I think is pretty honorable. Yeah. So when people vote for you yeah. and it goes, uh, like epic or legendary, um, what, 
what does that give you? I think you have like extra experience or something. Probably like it gives you a little. It gives you ten extra experience or something. I don't know. It just yeah, it makes you feel good. Here. It makes you feel good. Yeah. <laughs> like, everybody else thought <laughs> it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. But um no and yeah, I, I yeah that's like a totally great mechanic because like you said there's damage block and things like that and then on top of that just for your own personal edification you know based on your care like characters and or and like uh sorry your team performance you also get medals so you can see on your team like it'll show you you gold medaled in you know say damage or healing or you know, uh, yeah. capture point time and stuff like that. So you can kind of metric yourself about that versus your team and saying like, oh, here's where I was doing really well. Like, I really met objectives this time or I really met damage yeah. this time. So. Oh, it feels like beyond most games, it's like, what's easy to handle? Kills, assists, deaths? Like, that's the... They're like, no, like, what are, what are yeah. the ones that encourage performance and you're like well you stayed close to this person you stayed in the base the longest you you know they keep track of those skills would actually help win the game right. and so it actually encourages people to stay on and feel like they did something you know so i think right, it's, i it, think it's a neat thing yeah because i, I really and i really appreciate the objective portion of that because so many times especially in pickup games you know it's like it it just devolves and you're like well Who's actually going after the objective? Because hurrah to that guy. If you're on a payload and nobody's standing next to it, they're just running off for frags. It's like that, like you said, it's like that helps no one. The guy who's actually moving the damn thing forward is the one you want to see. So Right. And they'll they'll get the medals and stuff for that. So that's cool. So what is this competitive mode that just came out actually on PC? Oh, competitive mode is basically ranked play, sort of like, you know, in their no, other games. Now, like speaking of, of the storm. not shitting on multiplayer people, now we've entered high-level, hobby-level yes. <laughs> competitive mode. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it, it's, you know, essentially that. It's, you know, ranked play. You know, you're not you're not just dicking around anymore with, like, six Chorbjorns or, you know, or, hey, guys, you know, it'd be kind of funny if we all went, like, D.Va or something. It's like, no, you're actually caring about Team Cobb and stuff like that, and they're they're ranking you, and I suck. I felt <laughs> like I've done like six uh, six matches. I think now and five of the six I lost, and so I've only got like one win under my belt. You know, but they're is, tracking that to actually rank you later. Is there like uh like in, League of, in League of Legends? You know how you have like uh, certain requirements you have to meet before you can even do any rank play. Is that is like that, thirty or whatever? Yeah, yeah, like level thirty, or is it just anybody in anywhere can yes. just start playing ranked? No, we actually found that out last night. Uh, uh, one of our, uh, like, actually, our uh, pro- project manager on our team joined us, and you have to be at least level twenty-five. And he was like, I don't know, level nineteen or something like that. But yeah, it, he, we couldn't join competitive play with him, so you need what to be, I think, loser. at least level twenty-five. Yeah, I know, oh. scrub. <laughs> thank thank if you're God you said. To this, Trevor, scrub. <laughs> thank fun. God. <laughs> thank God you said nighttime because that's the first time you have said and mentioned when you play while at work. So exactly. that's. <laughs> He doesn't play that at work. He just plays Doom at work. Oh, yeah. There you go. No, I play this at work, too. <laughs> oh, All right. That's good. That we're getting into the, the Game of the Week section is over. That's Overwatch. It's on PC, PS4, and Xbox. Check it out. You can play with us on Xbox if you'd like. We're going to be streaming probably sometime soon. So Yes, uh, we stream every Don't Thursday night between uh, 9 and 11 uh, p.m. That's uh, Eastern Standard Time. Um, so at least one of us will be on, um, 
I say at least Zach. one of us because it's usually just me. Zach. Yeah. Oh, poor Lone Zach. Lone wolf in it. You know. Buddy. Well, it's just everybody can't compete with my awesomeness, so they don't want to like display how much they stink. We got. So. We finally got a daughter to get, put a PC together. So if you guys are in for a treat, nobody watched your actual life stuff, so you don't know. But Eduardo gets he goes <laughs> wow. buck wild. Sounded a little bitter. Well, no, <laughs> I'm not buck wild. I mean, they didn't they didn't care for the kids. That's all I'm saying. We donated, <laughs> yeah, but they didn't. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, Eduardo is it's calm and he gets crazy on the yeah, stream. We, so, so we have to turn down <laughs> yeah. the volume of our headphones so he doesn't blow them. The Cuban yeah. Rambo or Rainbow ha- is yeah. Right. Hashtag Cuban <laughs> Rambo. Almost said Rainbow too. Yeah. All right. So in the meantime, we're working on a new project that's probably by the time this comes out, it's probably like a week away. It's uh, the Debug Lounge. It's our video show with, on YouTube. It's about uh, game developer interviews with game developers of all sorts. We have a, a bunch of them lined up. We're going to release a, a batch of four or five at the beginning, and then we're going to start putting them out every week. We'll have to figure out what the schedule that for that is. But we'll think you'll enjoy it. We've had fun talking to people of all sorts of different types of people with different types of games at different levels and different stages of the development process. So as you as you go through that, please come on the show. If you've heard about that show and we've talked about it in the group, which we'll talk about in a second, don't be intimidated because it's just a normal conversation and it's been a fun experience talking to everybody. So anybody want to talk about how they can join that show or be a part of that show? Yes, I will. Yes, All right. Bina, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can yeah, talk some. You've been to. sitting there. He's like, wake up. <laughs> exactly. I've been twiddling my thumbs while you guys talk about games I don't play. All right. Anyway. Take us home. Yeah. So uh, to get in on that action, you should go to our Facebook group, which is the Debug Lounge, uh, similarly named. Um, and how do you get on that Facebook group is by uh, either going on Facebook and searching for the group name, which is the Debug Lounge, or if you go to our website at the Debug Log dot com and sign up for our newsletter which is in the sidebar and then eduardo will send you an invite to the group and that's one way another way you can get into that action so anyway just the lounge is just our facebook group that we're just talking to other developers like you about you know what they're working on what they're doing and just the industry you know industry talk as well so any and everything we talk about it so that's what's cool a lot of questions are getting answered a lot of interactions there so so yeah, yeah. Fun. And before we right uh, we give our Twitter handles, uh, I think I, I forgot to mention our our streaming channel. If you do want to watch, is uh, the Debug Log at uh, Twitch TV or dot Twitch TV. So yeah, Twitch TV at slash Twitch TV slash the Debug Log. Yeah. I was like, did you have a subdomain? <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. We have a subdomain. Uh, we um, yeah, have usually, Twitch, by the way. If yeah. you want to participate, you can always uh, send us a message on Facebook or you can email Zach at the debuglog.com. There yeah, we go. So go. That's, that's, that's what the domain Always oh, yeah. got email. That's what, uh, yeah, usually if we're on any kind of social media, we're not on all of them yet, but we're usually the debug log. We're on Instagram. We posted a picture of Zach and uh, Eduardo today. And somebody, I don't know who it was. It must be Eduardo. He's posted that this this channel is this this channel is so Eduardo centric. But I'm not complaining though. I love it. <laughs> and then we got a bunch of likes. So, <laughs> so yeah. So Eduardo. It's all is Eduardo's personal pictures and stuff. I posted it though. It was my picture that I took of Eduardo and Zach. So are you anyways, sure it was him? Yeah, it was him. Okay. No, it wasn't. Hey, oh, he, uh, commenting. No, it wasn't. That. Okay, I was about to he say that does he not doesn't. sound like an Eduardo comment. Yeah. So. Anyways, in the meantime, you can catch me on Twitter. I'm at Andrew underscore Curry. That's C-U-R-R-I-E. And I'm at O-Beans. That's O with an H. Beans with a Z. I'm at R-E Kilgore. That is uh, R-E-K-I-L-L-G-O-R-E. Yeah, man, I'm trying to figure out how to spell my own name at this point. 
All right. Well, until next time, we'll see you later. Peace. Bye. You are. We know you are. Oh my goodness. Alright, you guys ready? This is going to be about the Game of Thrones finale, right? That's what we're talking about. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's all I'm talking about. After the Thrones. Yeah. King of the North!